If you're listening to me now, I am pretty certain that you're a seeker. You have probably had a multitude of lifetimes where you've done spiritual practices. This is what I'm going to guess. But what I wonder if you realize is there might be some outdated vows that are still stuck in your energy field that you took in prior incarnations that you're still following and allowing the pattern of those vows to hold you back in this incarnation. Today, I want to look at some of those vows and see if we can recant them. Listen, I'm one of those people that know I have done a gazillion past lives in service to spirit, and I have tried every religion on the world. I know this in my soul um, as a longing to connect with God and the divine and the divinity and all that is and where it all is. But I realize that in many of those spaces and in many of those experiences, I was really called to give up much of myself a personal laying down of one's life, if you will, for a greater good, emptying of the self for the essence of the soul. And so when this happens in lifetimes, right, we are making that choice in that lifetime. And it is a really, really beautiful, good gift, right? And we empty of ourself to fill ourselves with divine consciousness. So I love that. But this lifetime, I came back to be of service in a different way, but to still be the mystical self, to still do a life of service, but in a different way, not as a monk or a, you know, I I don't want to get into the labels, but I guess I just did, but sorry. (laughs) I just really wanted to come back as a human experiencing life as a worker, a mother, but also a mystic. And I definitely am going to honor that. But I think and know that there were some vows that followed me from those other lifetimes, because I still felt as if I had to do that to attain God, to, to get in communication with God. Somewhere in my life, I felt, oh, I'm going to fall back into my comfort zone of those promises and those vows. And what I've learned in the process is that in this life, in this chosen life, they didn't always serve me, not in every moment of every day. And so I want to go through those vows with you. The first vow that I want to talk to you about is poverty. (laughs) Some of you just had a ripple go through your body. I want you to put your hands on your heart and close your eyes and ask yourself, Am I still following following this vow of poverty? Poverty is something I still align with. Is this is what is this what you're thinking inside? Like, oh my gosh, no wonder I can never have money. I never have enough money. Money doesn't work for me. I'm always like crying poor. Are you still aligned with your vow of poverty? You're gonna know this when you put your hands on your heart. So you can, so you're just gonna if you get a yes and money doesn't work for you, and you feel like, oh, I, money's evil, you know, that's another way of saying I have to have a vow of poverty, money's evil, or whatever the belief pattern was from that prior life that you're bringing into this. 
And poverty could also mean resources, right? So it doesn't have to mean money. It could mean resources and uh, this ability to get what you need or have bills paid or whatever. So if you're not necessarily choosing to live that, but you feel like you're condemned to a life of poverty for some reason, I want you to ask, did you ever take a vow of poverty? And then I want you to ask with your eyes closed and your hands on your heart, how many lifetimes did I take a vow of poverty? Trust the first number that comes up for you. It's going to be a knowing or you're going to hear it clairaudiently. And then recognize the ripple effect in this lifetime. And then keeping your eyes closed, ask yourself, is it still for my highest good to maintain this vow of poverty? <laughs> yes or no? And you're going to hear a really resounding answer. If it's for your highest good, then by all means, don't complain. Stay with it. If it's not for your highest good, hold poverty up to the light and say, I recant this vow. I, I'm finished with this vow. It's not for my highest good. It's not for this lifetime. It's not doing me any service. I want to offer this back up to the cosmos. You can, you know, imagine if you had a contract where you took a vow of poverty, you can imagine whiting it out or erasing it or dissolving it or burning the paper, whatever works for you Im image wise. But for me, sometimes it's just holding up to the light and saying, recanting, <laughs> taking that back. I don't need to have this vow of poverty to pursue what I've come to do. And maybe that's your case too. Okay. The next vow I want to have you check in on is chastity or celibacy. <laughs> and so you can ask inside with your eyes closed and your hands on your heart, am I still aligning with a vow of chastity or celibacy? And so this might, what does this look like in the real world? This is your, like, not in a life of religious order or spiritual space where you consciously take that vow, right? But it's carried over from a prior incarnation, one where you found great joy and fulfillment in mingling with the divine. And so you're still a seeker in this lifetime, but you're not necessarily wanting to take that vow of chastity or celibacy. What does that look like? Sometimes that looks like, why can't I find my soulmate? Why do I always attract the wrong person in my life? Why am I kind of uh, uh, held back in my intimacy? Any of these things, you know? If it's not a conscious choice, maybe it's a subconscious <laughs> decision that you've brought with you in this lifetime. So then you can, eyes closed, right? and ask, is it for my highest good to maintain this vow? Or do I even want to maintain this vow? If you get a yes, you want to, then stay with it. I just want you to be conscious of your choice. If you get a no, it's not for my highest good. No wonder I want to get that soulmate or have the right relationship unfold and open up. And I want to be more communicative and connective with my mate or whatnot or more in my sensual power, my sexuality, or connected in my body. I want to be in my body and enjoy sex. Then take that vow of chastity or celibacy and hold it up to the light and say, I'm going to recant this vow. I'm recanting this vow. You know, tear up the paper, tear up the contract, white it out, burn it up, dissolve it. 
take back your body, you know, take that back. Especially if you get that it's for your highest good to have that as part of this life. And if you're human and if you're not taking that vow, then it is, it's part of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. It's definitely can be all of that. Okay. Close your eyes, hands on your heart. Have you ever taken a vow of obedience or subservience? That's the question. Have you promised to be subservient and you still are? Or be obedient onto another? And so sometimes these are people that give away their power freely. They end up in, they end up in relationships where someone is really more uh, power over or domineering and they have this sense of um, having to answer to someone who purports having all the answers or knowing what's right. And so if this resonates with you, perhaps you have taken a vow of obedience, but maybe it also makes your skin crawl feeling that, you know, these are victims of abuse. Sometimes they are in manipulative relationships or have domineering bosses or employers, and they don't pull out of these situations when they really must. If this strikes a chord, perhaps you should look about whether or not you want to maintain this vow of subservience or vow of obedience. Because sometimes the people around you don't have your best interest at heart. So if this is the case, you can ask, is this for my highest good to maintain this vow? To put myself, you know, in this position of always following orders or always, or losing my power in this way, not maintaining my power or where there's an imbalance of power. And so if it's not for your highest good to have that, because I can't imagine why it would be, hold that up to the light and say, I ask to be released. I recant this vow. I release this vow of obedience. I release this vow of being subservient. And I answer to my own calling and my own truth and the wise divine being that's connected to source energy. Yeah. And as you imagine it, it is so. Okay, similar to subservience, when you make yourself less important, is the vow of humility. And humility is an interesting one, right? It's an interesting one, because in it, you kind of sell yourself short um, in the way that you build other people up and you're so modest or you have such a low view of your importance that sometimes it's, it's a, it's a quality that you, um, think is actually endearing when you're humble because you kind of, uh, attach it to not being prideful because it is a lack of pride, but I'm talking about a vow of humility when you're actually disempowering yourself and you're selling yourself short and you're, not standing up for
for yourself in that sometimes people that have taken vows of humility and still have them active in their energy field choose mates that aren't even at their level. They are not even at their level because then they don't have to be required to show up for themselves, right? So when you put your hands on your heart and you close your eyes and you tune in and you ask, did I ever take a bow of humility that I'm still attached to, you know? Who does this serve? Does it serve me? Does my being small or playing small serve humanity? You know, these are the questions, right? That I want you to ask your soul and yourself, really. I don't even think you have to dig deep to the soul. I think you know on a conscious ego level. And by ego, I just mean in your normal wakeful state of mind, not ego as in egotistical. So if that be the case that you still adhere to this vow of humility, I invite you to raise that vow up to the light and say, please absolve me of this. I ask to recant the vow, cleanse the vow. I no longer need to align with it. This is not that life. And this life is different for me. And so as you release it, it is so. And what of silence? Did you take a vow of silence that you're still adhering to? Do you put up and shut up? Do you not speak your mind? This is really important for seekers to kind of reconcile this one and sort this out because usually you know more than you say and you see more than you say. And your job actually is to shine the light <laughs> on the unspeakable, to shine the light on the um, energy that's off or the inappropriate comments or the uh, lower consciousness of people and uh, events around you. Your job is to speak up. So <laughs> I just really want to say, did you take a vow of silence? Are you still adhering to that? You'll know in your heart, you'll know, oh my gosh. You know, sometimes you're with people that talk too much or talk over you or don't listen to you or you're not heard. You hang around people that don't respect you or your opinion or your thoughts don't matter. I want you to hold that question to your heart. Did I ever take a vow of silence? Am I still holding that vow in this lifetime? Is it for my highest good to hold it? And then if you get no, that it's not for your highest good, I want you to recant it. Hold it up to the light. Hold it up to the light and recant it. I release and detach from the energy of this vow of silence. You know, put your hands around your own neck and just be like, I am sending myself light and love to my throat chakra to stop the silence. I give myself permission to speak because seers and seekers and people that have done so many religious lifetimes, you know, put one hand on your neck and one hand on your heart. You can speak from the heart 
in any situation. You can ask, give me the words. How can I help here? Give me the words. Give me the words because I have to say something. You cannot internalize anymore. You have to speak up. You know, um, yeah, you have to speak up. Well done. You know, there are moments in our life that any of those vows might um, definitely take a backseat or they might come into play and we might want to, you know, function from them because they serve us. You know, sometimes when we have money, maybe we should not be so, you know, spending, spending, spending on frivolous things because there are impoverished people in the world that need some help. And maybe we need to share more. Or maybe, um, you know, there's times in our life where a bit of, you know, a bit of refraining from sexuality is a good thing. Or when someone else actually has the answer where we need to be a little more like, okay, I can honor that they have the answer. So I'll sit this one out. I'll let them shine their light in this time and this space, you know, or today I'm going to listen. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and keep my opinions to myself. And I'm just going to listen in this moment. I think I'm feeling I'm being directed to just listen, be a listener, you know, just witness what their words are because they need to get their words out. Or maybe there's times when, you know, a little more humility is called for. Not about making yourself less important or selling yourself short, but really about, you know, being humble. I have to be humble in my work all the time. So especially as a seeker, right? Or especially as a person that does work a service in the realms of spirit, I don't work alone. I do not work alone. So I am humble enough to know that. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm just the messenger. I get a lot of my, my cue cards come from the heavens. So that is really where my humility practice comes in. And so I just um, adore you. <laughs> I adore you for taking this journey with me, if you will. And in any of these vows, you can look at and kind of explore and write them out and see how they've infiltrated your life in unproductive ways, right? In unproductive ways so that you can come back to you, right? So that you can come back to you. And I know the more you come back to you, the more you can have a more fulfilling life and more empowered life. And you can actually do greater service, right? Or service in this way. I don't want to say greater service. I love the religious communities, the spiritual beings that choose to maintain any of these vows. I have great respect for them. I have great respect for them. But for me, I needed to recant my vows in all of these areas because my service work, um, allows me to do so. And so I think it's important to know your journey in this lifetime. 
as a seeker and as a quote unquote light worker or a visionary who's continuing your journey of kind of spiritual recollection and enlightenment, if you will. And what is your path to all of that? I do know in my knowing that the universe wants us to have anything and everything our hearts desires. And, and there are times in my life, right? When emptying out and surrendering and giving up and giving over so that I can be filled with the light of God or the grace of God comes in different forms. It comes in different forms. And so I would encourage you to kind of sit in contemplative time to know what all of that means to you or know what that looks like for you as you're on your own spiritual quest of greater understanding, not only of divine consciousness, but also of your own soul path, right? In this lifetime as a seeker. Phew. Nice work, my friend. <laughs> good job. Good job. You know, it's so good. It's so good. So we did this at a class that I taught recently where we recanted vows. And then in the end, we did a power claim of stating a powerful statement that aligns with our truth now as seekers, as visionaries as people on the planet. So maybe you could contemplate that one for yourself. Like, what's my vow now? You know, what's my vow now? You could still be a beacon of light. We should all be beacons of light. Maybe your vow is to raise consciousness. Why did you come back now on the planet at this pivotal moment? You know, what was your vow to yourself in this life? I'm going back now. I'm going to be alive at this time on the earth so that I can do this, such and such, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And so I want you to look at vows in a different way. What did you vow to do when you came back in this life at this time? Maybe there's something in there in your soul to kind of resurrect and remember, you know, a longing of your soul or a knowing that you've come to do or teach or share or be the type of person that you want to be. So I want you to end this time together with me on tuning in and tapping in to a vow that you made yourself before coming in that followed you in, that has to do with a, a claiming of an empowerment, you know, kind of your power mantra, your power statement. And I want you to sit with that until you come to it and allow it to change over the next several days. You know, just, you know, when I was young, we used to go and pan for gold, fool's gold. <laughs> in these fake mines. I loved it. I don't think I ever found gold, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to find the gold buried in your soul. The vow. The vow. All right. I adore you. 
Oh my goodness. This is like my 99th episode or 100th episode (laughs) or 101th episode, depending upon how you count it out. But somewhere in there, it's kind of cool that Vows is a place that we kind of hit that mark on. I love that. I love that. Like your vow in this life. Do you have one? I love it. I love that you recanted what no longer works for you and you're embracing what does. You've been listening to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Legally speaking, this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis, treatment, or the advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.